think we podcasted after you came on um, the Hit Fitness podcast, and it was before. It was before. It was before. Oh, that's right. It was. And then I was yeah. like, "Hey, Nate, we should have David on the podcast." You're you're correct. Yep. Um, man, that was forever ago. That was forever <laughs> ago. What happened to that podcast? Is it still going? I don't even know. No. I lost. I lost touch. Uh, with all of that that's a story for another time <laughs> um yeah i actually was going to he asked me to be his co-host again because we really just we drive together i love podcasting and um i just didn't have the time for it living in grand rapids it was going to be a monthly commute numerous times um a month and i'm just so busy working for a church and i still do photography um fitness is not really the realm I'm in. It was, I was in it for almost three years and it's just one of those things that it was temporary, a season. I learned a lot, but it wasn't for me. <laughs> so, well, I mean, it's good to discover that and you yeah. discovered it while you were young too. So yes, like, I didn't is... waste so much time. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, I mean, yeah, I mean that, that's such a, I, I think like that's a field that I would love to go in. Fitness. That's fitness right. You've industry. been on that kick for a while. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've been Do with... it. Open a gym. I have a gym. I don't need to open a gym. No, open a big gym. We'll promote it. I'll do all the photos. Come on. We can, <laughs> we, we got this. I believe in you. <laughs> you know, like for a while, I thought it would be super cool to have a gym that was like almost like a community center, mm, like a, yeah. a gym where like kids could come after school and like get a workout in and wow. not really have to pay for some, pay for a membership. It's like boys and girls club, but for fitness. Right. Yeah. That's and dope. If you could offer like some sort of classes, I don't know how you could finance that. You'd obviously need like sponsorships and yeah. like whatnot. Grants. But grants. Yeah. I don't know. Mm, I'm just thinking in Lansing. I don't know if in Lansing, but I could definitely see something like this in like Chicago, Detroit, Grand Rapids with a little bit more, um, spaces out there but maybe maybe there's enough people in lansing that could pull together well you think about it like i mean you grew up in the foster care system yeah like if you had something to where like if as soon as you got out of school you had a place to go and you could burn right. like some of that extra angst oh, yeah. and the, the stress and the depression yep. do you think that would like mitigate some of the anxiety and stress that kids experience today i mean because it forces you to have to put your phone down for a short oh time. yeah well, when I was a kid, we didn't really have phones and, right, yeah. you know, TikToks <laughs> and all that. And that was not around. It was like, go, you want to have some fun? Go out in the backwoods and build a fort. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I guess I could see I was a very active child. I was really charismatic. And so um, I remember even being in foster homes and I was just a cut above the rest with like my energy. And so, yeah, I could see how that would have been beneficial to just release some of that um or honestly, even like, um, like f community theater, but like for foster kids. Cause like mm -hmm. I was a theater girl, I did yeah. theater eight years. And so it's funny because like everyone has their niche. Some people it is fitness, but I find a lot of people that have been through trauma really are drawn to like music and mm, writing. Right. And so it's a creative um, aspect, right? Like it's they, a creative aspect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, a lot of people try to like drown themselves in when they have experienced trauma or like, like traumatic events. They, they, they try to like just drown all their energy into one thing and it could be like something like TikTok or like creating videos or yeah. photography or drawing or writing. Writing's a big one. Writing's a huge, yeah. I mean, it's essentially it's like journaling, but to like music. I mean, you think about some <laughs> of the greatest writers of all time. Oh yeah. They, they probably. It's like after my breakup, I wrote my greatest <laughs> hit. <laughs> like I feel that. Songwriters. Yeah. Right? Yep. 
Yeah. I mean, musicians are like, they write some of the best pieces after like a breakup. Right. And then they go like viral and then they can't ever like make anything <laughs> nearly as good. Like a- Yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> oh. It's rough. It's a rough field. I it's guess. like Kanye. I listen to old Kanye, but new uh, Kanye, I'm like, oh, like he's, he's really talented, but I feel like, well, also I'm like his mental health, someone help him. Um, but no, he's a great writer, but I just feel like he's gotten so big and there's so many artists like that, that they get vague. And I mean, they probably have people write for them, but it's just not, it's not the same. Well, it becomes so, pro- <laughs> they become so prolific. Like Kanye's prolific with his words and his lyrics. Like he's just so good. Unless he's in an interview, then you're like, like, <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like you shouldn't use those words. Yeah. Yep. But yeah. But yeah, I was actually just <laughs> discussing this with a friend the other day. I'm like, it it's something like they always talk about like old rappers or something. Yes. Or old people who try to be relevant. 90s, early 2000s. Well, the kids will never know the music we had. No, they just won't. They won't. They won't. <laughs> like you think about like Eminem. Like the yes, old he used Eminem. to be so much better. Yes, yes, I so agree. But then you listen to his new stuff. You're like, what? Oh, yeah. What yep. is this? Yep. Yep. Why? I agree. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think who else was good. Snoop, Chance the Rapper. Um... Drake used to be, but they just all used to be better. And yeah, yeah, I agree. It's like, I don't, I don't know (laughs) where the music industry is going. I'm not sure if I'm a fan Mm -hmm. of it. It's honestly, when I'm talking to musicians and there's quite a bit in the Grand Rapids, it's very much the beat that matters. So if you can get someone Mm. lost in the beat and grooving with you and they're like, Oh, I'm vibing. They're not necessarily listening to the lyrics. They're just listening to what that music makes them feel like. And then sometimes like they'll look at the lyrics and like, Oh, that's really what that song is. But it's the beat. So so people don't pay attention to lyrics no, anymore. Which is so sad. <laughs> I'm a, yeah, I'm a lyrical person through and through. So, well, you're also a musician. So I think you appreciate all aspects of the music, right? I do. I yeah. do. What do you, do you play instrument, any instruments? Oh gosh. I like to say I know all the chords. I'm not necessarily a musician. I'm more a singer. So I can play piano and guitar to get by or like say if i'm in the studio i'm like oh this is how like this these are the chords and now uh. someone else play it for me <laughs> um but yeah i use my my voice as an instrument <laughs> so can you read music yes i can read yeah. music um i prefer more the chord charts rather than like all the notes right i can read it it's just when will take me a second to get back into it. i used to do piano lessons so okay i can read it it's just you know it's- and then there's people that do the number system and that boggles my What's mind. What's the number system? So rather than at the top of like, say if you're reading like for a song, the lyrics and there's the chords at the top, they'll be like two, three, seven. And they remember it by like, so like say on the piano, every key rather than mm-hmm. like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I think that's how it goes. It's really interesting. I don't know when that even started. Is that um, newer? Like a newer thing? I, it's been around for a minute because my brother used to do it. Huh. Oh, gosh. Maybe like seven, eight years ago. Um, but because I used to do lessons and it was taught formally, I can't transition to the number system. So. Yeah. That, I mean, that's like, it's like learning new math. I know. You can't do that. But if you're a numbers person, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> it. What's interesting is I was thinking about this the other day is that they, they've changed the way you learn math. And in schools, they, yeah. they're obviously changing some of the old systems, the, right. the ways of doing things. And it's like, this doesn't even make sense. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't jive with me. Yeah. It's almost like I was talking to a student the other day and they said, algebra, they almost give you like different options of figuring out a problem, whatever is easiest for you. And to mm. me, I'm like, there was only one way. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what? Um, 
Which, like, I, I kind of can respect that just because there's kids with different learning deficiencies and some are more like, um, what are the different ways of learning? It's like audio or like visual. visual. Or hands-on. Yes. Right. So yeah. there's different ways. So I think we've adapted educationally based off of our deficiencies, which is good. Well, I mean, but. and everybody learns differently. Like yes. I, I'm a more hands-on type of person. Yeah. Like if you show me something, like if you pull the math problem up on the screen and somebody was like explaining it, I'd be like, yeah, no. But like <laughs> if you were to like, if I was, if I was to have if I was to have the problem right in front of me and yep. somebody was to like kind of go th- step by step, I'd be like, Oh, I got, I got it. Yeah. Maybe it's a learning disability. I don't know. <laughs> nah, we're just, nah. it's different, different brains. Or, you know, if you're like left side of the brain or right side of the brain, right. That's a whole, I don't even really hear people talking about that. I feel like when I was a kid, that was more yeah. like, Oh, you're right brained. You're like, right brained. I'm, I'm totally I'm right brained. <laughs> like, yeah, we're always right. Um, and then left, because like you have the right side, of the brain that's more like creative and mm-hmm. then the left side's more like logical. So those are like the doctors, the engineers, like Can you operate in both in both spaces? I think some people can. So like say if you're going through the Meyer Briggs personality test, there are some personalities or the Enneagram that are like right in the middle. Um I almost feel like I kinda had a side of that was a little left side, but then I had a really bad head concussion. I think I told you that last podcast. I had I a really have... bad head injury. Oh yeah. And did, um I feel like I lost some of that like intellect almost because I even remember the first couple of years I lost some of my vernacular like I couldn't remember certain words mm. it was awful um but yeah I'm definitely more the right side I'm artsy fartsy so that's what <laughs> my mom always used to say <laughs> so well wow yeah I mean I I guess I don't know what side I am <laughs> I'm definitely not like super logical uh you're pretty creative I'm creative, you're creative. I'd say I'm creative well are you flighty in what What manner? would your wife say? <laughs> she would say I'm ADD. Oh, so you're probably right, Brad. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's all right. I embrace it all. You embrace it I all. I try to anyway. There we go. Lean into it. Lean into it. You there have you to. All the way. Even if you fall over the side <laughs> of the bridge, just lean into it. <laughs> oh, gosh. So what's been going on since you were on? You were on over two years ago. I know. Um, you were at, like, I think we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you were episode 34, I believe, wow. which was uh, eons ago. Yeah. Um, so much has happened since then. Yes. A lot has happened. A lot, like a lot, a lot, like a lot. <laughs> like you were on the podcast, and then like I did your podcast, and then all of a sudden you're like moving to Grand Rapids. You're just gone. Yeah. What's going on? So I'm gonna give you the the long story short. Um. So when we had podcast last, I was in fitness, and since then I've left the fitness industry. Um. Yeah, definitely had some good times, but like there was still something that was like, okay, I thought this was going to be my passion, but um, for a girl, the fitness industry is really difficult. Um, You run into, unfortunately, some toxic people, but then also I think for women, especially you get the peer pressure of you have to be super sensual. Was not going to go down that route. And I think a lot of women go down like the fitness model route rather than just being a fitness trainer. Um, And that's just a lot of pressure. And so I backed out of that. And um, back in the end of 2021, I started meeting with um, a couple counselors, a couple people, and um, ultimately decided I had to leave my marriage. It was unfortunately it took a turn a little abusive and um if I'm being honest um and um yeah left that and I remember I'm like okay I just kind of want to get out of Lansing fresh start I'd always loved Grand Rapids um being a photographer 
I do a lot of weddings in Grand Rapids. So I was familiar with the area. It's super um, artsy. It's vibrant. Just the cultural dynamic is just it's not, it's like triple what Lansing has. And so, and I'm a foodie and they have the best food. Um, and so. Do you drink beer? I don't. They have a lot of beer there too. They do. Yeah. Beer city, right? Uh, yeah. It's a, I feel like they have more wine. Really? They, yeah. They, Cause like the signs everywhere is like art and wine. Those oh. are the two big thing, art and wine. Cause I think we're on the West side of the state. So like a lot of wine is on the West side of the state. Right. There is a lot of beers. A lot of the There's vineyards. a lot of, yes. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. The Like, have you ever been to art prize? No, I haven't. Spectacular. Yeah, I need Spectacular. to go. Spectacular. Yes. It, I mean, but it's not even just art prize. They do art stuff all year round. Um, there's like a Japanese light exhibit that's going to be put up, I think, in the next month or so in the zoo. And it's like real art. It's huh. great. It's great. Interesting. Um, But yeah, I, I wanted to move to Grand Rapids. And I remember my mom was like, so like, what are you going to do? <laughs> I'm like, well, I got to sell my house. Like I was just like on this roll. And honestly, it was like totally the grace of God that I was able to just like stay the course um, because like leaving someone that you vowed to stay with forever till death do us part is like, it's traumatic, right? Um, and even though some things didn't add up the way I would have liked, it's still sad. It was a grieving process. And so I was really thankful for the people that surrounded me that encouraged me i know sarah was one of those people that just was like keep going you got this you have so much in store for you you're talented and um yeah my mom's like so what are you gonna do when you go to grand rapids and i'm like i want to work for a church like it just like came out of my mouth um my experience had been with worship leading and so originally i had been applying for those positions but stumbled across a high school director position and i'm like i have some experience with kids like i've been through the system i feel like i've have enough life experiences to have empathy and so applied for this position fell in love with the associate pastor and just really felt at home and so yeah it would have been it's almost a year now that I've been working there um, as the high school wow. assistant director and then I'm the over the young adults as well and it is my dream job is it a, an academy of some sort? No, it's a church. It's a church. Yep. So it's Hillside Community Church. So it's like right on the edge of Grand Rapids. And um, wow, the dynamic. So like it is right by Kentwood High School, which might not mean anything to you. But to me, and you'll appreciate this, is that school represents 73 plus nations. And so you get lots of immigrants. You get tons of foster kids. You get a lot of kids that... I've just been through trauma and are looking for ample attention and care and just someone to give them purpose. Um, I mean, there's some of these kids that don't want to go back home because it's an unfit circum living circumstance. So, um, yeah, you, I just rub shoulders with such, such diversity, so many different cultural backgrounds. It's, it's crazy. That's awesome. So, and who would have thought that by leaving everything here, you would end up in a position yeah. like that? Yeah. It was, I mean, literally, like, it's the weirdest thing because I feel like I was really a part of the Lansing community. So I know a lot of people. I love networking. Um, I just, you know, as you can tell, I'm very extroverted. Um, and <laughs> so I just knew a lot of Lansing people. So then to pick up, to leave everything behind and go to Grand Rapids, I didn't know anyone. And the one person I knew, he's one of my best friends. He was graduating from Grand Valley in a couple of weeks. So he literally like do -si doed with me. He moved back to Lansing. I'm like, I know no one out here. And um, 
but it was a it was a good fresh start uh in the first two weeks of me moving out there my car went up in flames on the side of the road oh my god i had a homeless person break into my car steal my purse some shoes um and i almost was abducted what yes it (laughs) this is all my first i'm officially a grand rapians now um they're like welcome to the city baby i'm like i love this ruby um yeah breaking you in (laughs) it was my boss is like, I promise you, like, I know this all happened to you in the first two weeks, but I promise you, Grand Rapids is a great place to live. Um, yeah, I was almost abducted. I was out at, there's like a, there's a lot of 24 hour coffee shops out there. It's great. Another reason why Grand Rapids is amazing. Um, so I'm out there working, I'm editing photos and I remember the coffee shop starts to clear out and it's about like, I'm going to say 11 or 12 o'clock. And um, I noticed this man had come in and sat right down, like right behind me. I couldn't tell what he was doing. I just knew he was right behind me. Well, meanwhile, there's another man and he's watching this man that's sitting right behind me. He's just staring. And so he's keeping tabs on me. I didn't even know it. And there's a girl. Sorry, this is follow the tra- follow the circle You're here, good. I'm David. Following. Okay, I'm following. <laughs> so I'm sitting, and there's another girl sitting next to me. She gets up to leave, and soon as she gets up, this guy that was sitting behind me jumps in her spot. Like he literally like jumps there, and it like startled me. But I'm like, whatever. I keep editing, and then I'm noticing because now I'm right next to him. He's staring like unashamedly, and so I'm like, what do I do? I don't even know anyone out here. So I I text some friends who are like within 30 minutes, and I'm like. This is the situation. And they're like, do you want me to come to you? But now at this point, it's probably almost 1 a.m. now. And I'm like, no, it's fine. Um, I'll just call you like when I leave. And so I'm watching this guy and he doesn't even order anything. Oh, this is the one thing. Every about 10, 15 minutes, he gets up and he goes outside and he looks down the street. Text comes back in. Oh, my gosh. Yes. L- literally looks down the street. I'm like, this is weird. But again, I'm like there's no way there's no way right so i then get up to start packing up my things he jumps up starts packing up his things and it's not like he's a homeless guy because at first i'm like maybe this guy's homeless no he's wearing like columbia north face nice like he's got nice like name brands on him he's and he's clean and so i start packaging up my things and he runs outside but now he's waiting for me he's peering in through the window just standing there so i'm like oh my gosh I'm not mad. This is this has got to be real, right? And so I went to ask the barista, but I'm like, it's this little like 16 year old girl. I'm not gonna ask her to walk me outside. She's gonna get kidnapped too. <laughs> so I'm like, I call my friend. I'm like, I'm just gonna put you on speaker. I go to reach for the door, and I see the man jump up because he's like sitting at an outside table to come near the door. And the other man that had been watching the past like two hours, he's like, wait, don't go. I think this man is like a like I don't remember he maybe said sex trafficker because sex trafficking is pretty high in Grand Rapids so I start crying and I'm like what and he's like oh I've been watching him he keeps running outside looking down the road like he saw everything I was seeing and so um yeah we ended up calling the police he walked me to my car the police it was but Lillian did did the guy stay till the police showed up no he left he left, but I ended up finding out in the same week that I know a couple other girls that really had an attempted attempted abduction, like a man grabbing them, and it was the same exact description. So I'm like, wow. oh my word. Yeah, it, it was bad. Oh my God. And it was in the middle of the day for some of my friends, like 11. Crazy. Wow. And they went like the other side of the car, man tried to jump. I'm like, wow. So I don't go out late by myself anymore. I go with my <laughs> husband. <laughs> um that is so yeah. crazy yes that is so scary grand rapids baby you just yeah. get used to it <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, 
the city where you might be abducted. It's cool though. It's cool. I mean, honestly, I have more fear. I feel like for homeless people, the homeless mm. population feels like LA all over really? again. It's very high. Um, I happen to be on the same street as one of the homeless shelters, and so at certain points of the day you will drive by and there might be like 70 homeless people just hanging out or they'll making their sides of the highway where it's just full of tarps oh my gosh so that's kind of sad um are they doing anything about it are they is there any programs in place for them there are i think so many have congregated there though they can only supply so much help to so many homeless people um i know that's something i've discussed with my churches like what are some programs we could start um because, like, in a way, just, like, giving them a handout can be entitling rather than, like, what's the system we right. can to get them off the streets, right. right? Well, some of them don't want to be. That is true, that's too. A pro- that's a problem, too. Yes. But another problem, too, is, like, these homeless shelters, like, if there are some, they kick them out during the day. They so do. then they go and- uh, They just wander. Do, they, they wander. They do they're drugs. They break into cars. They break yeah. into cars. <laughs> it, they're committing crimes all day long. Yeah. And they go and stay in the homeless <laughs> shelter at night. Yeah. It's sad. It is sad. So- yeah, it's it's crazy because I think a lot of cities, especially the big ones like Grand Rapids, Detroit, yep. uh, L.A., like a lot of the homeless populations skyrocketed during yeah. those times. It's, yeah, since COVID too. There was a few people. Yeah. Um, I remember I was talking to a man last fall, got him a pizza, talked and prayed with him, and he kind of told me his story. And it was so sad because you could tell like – beyond like the filth and his hair all going out that he looked like a presentable guy that just life hit him hard and he starts telling me like yeah i got evicted since covid i lost my job and then his like his girlfriend got there was just like a whole Mm. whole list of things and so you could see he had applied that day for like 10 jobs but of course only very select places are gonna hire someone that doesn't have an eye well maybe he did have an id but looking like that right right so i think he I think he was getting a job at a factory. So, like, there are some places, like the factory, they're like, we don't really care what you look like as long yeah. as you're working, which is great. And they give you a shower. General Motors is one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've hired some homeless people. I'm, I'm like, wondering, like, where where are we hiring these people from? <laughs> like, just some of the, like, the things you see. Like, it's like, because I remember, I like, when, when I hired into GM, like, you ha- like out, you had to be referenced in order to get in. Wow. That's how I got in. Yeah. And then shortly after I hired in, they they got rid of that and they just started hiring off the street. Um, wow. But then, like, now it's like you see some of the weirdest. Like, oh, like, you do. Dude, there was, yeah. there was a girl who <laughs> there was a girl who just got hired as a temp like two weeks ago. Um, oh, no. Her first day, she was training with this guy, gra- yeah. grabbed his junk. Um, oh, my goodness. Grabbed, wow. her, grabbed his junk. They moved her to a different area and she like threw a fit and they ended up just firing her, firing her like two days ago. Um, but come to find out she's like a stripper <laughs> in, oh my in, gosh. Jack- in Jackson. She's and got that confidence. She's confident. Yeah. I mean, more <laughs> no. power to her, I guess. But wow. It's like, where are these people coming from? So. Wow. Yeah. I, know. I mean, like people need jobs, but. There is a line. There is a line. Um, I feel like, unfortunately, with um, what like social media and society um, shows like in like say movies or music um proper social etiquette is often missing and there's a part of that that falls back on the parents right well, um, i think a lot of it too is the media like what you what they show on the like the news and what they're yeah. promoting it's yep. like it's it's horrendous like i watched um i watched a uh, a news clip the other day of a, a swimmer um who was given a speech about how 
like she was against, you know, like trans women being mm-hmm. in uh, women's sports. Mm-hmm. And it was at some college in San Francisco. And they attacked her. Like they physically attacked her. I saw that. And yes. It's like whether you agree with that or not, it doesn't she matter. She was hit by like two men. Yeah, two like, men. Well, yeah, I saw men. that. And it's like, sh- like you're you're fighting for women's rights, but you're hitting a woman. I don't know. It's it's like that's the stuff that's being promoted on the media in the media, and it's like it's it's taken like young people are absorbing that, and then they're 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 also emulating it. I almost. I feel bad for men um, because I think what has happened is um, oh, we're going to go down this. We're going to go down this street, David. Let's um, go down the street. <laughs> I love going down streets. So dark um, ones. And then yeah, we'll take a couple. <laughs> yeah. Dark alley. Uh, we, hopefully we won't get mugged though or abducted. I hope not. Um, so I feel bad for men because I, unfortunately I think a lot of like women empowerment, there is a level where I'm like, okay, cool. I can support that. But when it crosses a line of, you know that Annie, get your gun. Anything you can do, I can do better. You know, oh, yes. right? It's very much that mentality among women of like, oh, you can do it. I'm gonna do it better. And it's we've we've like we've blended. There's not even like a differentiation between men and women anymore. Where there's like, um, how do I explain this? So like, I feel like I need to give an example. Um, where women are almost like, well, okay, rise up, be a leader, but don't be emotional. You can't cry. But get help for yourself. Like, it's like we're shooting so many things at men. Men are just overwhelmed by the expectation. Like, they don't even know how to be a man anymore. Because then when they do try to be a man, well, then that's offensive to me. Because I can take care of myself. But then then they just got to back off. Well, then be a leader. You know, it's like, it's we're get, talking from both sides of our mouths. And so, like, I feel so bad for men because it's like, I, I do wrong. If I play, like, the bad guy, well, I'm the bad guy. If I play the good leader, I'm you know, I'm being patriarchal or a toxic masculine, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And so it's like, I just, I hurt for men. And you have, I feel like a lot of men who are just choosing to be like, they're pussyfooting because like, that's like the safe ground for them. Um, I guess like, if that makes sense, I was all over with that. I think think it makes sense. I guess I feel bad for women because I Mm. feel like men are imposing on women and elaborate on that (laughs) i almost well i almost feel like women's rights are being like kind of stepped on by men by men who want to uh, by trans men or people who want to like we fought so hard in this country for women's rights you guys the women fought hard for women's rights right in order to vote in order to have equal rights and whatnot and get a job yeah and get a job i almost feel like all of that is once again being taken over by men Mm. What do you feel about that? Oh, man. I am. I feel like in these conversations, I always play devil's advocate because I um, am a very middle grounded person. Yeah. Um, I respect that. <laughs> I want to I want to answer cautiously here. Um, so. But we should also state that it's important to have these kind of discussions because it is. Absolutely. Because, I mean, if you don't have these discussions and you just l- don't talk about it, then you that you don't solve anything. Correct. Correct. Um, I think what I have seen, and you see it a lot on, like, TikTok, is because of how much you see in media, it's all about the women. You have women who walk around, they're like, I'm a 10. I'm worth the world. And I'm like, why? Because you pay your rent? Like, Who does that? Oh, 
Are you not on TikTok? <laughs> I'm on TikTok. It's, but... Oh, okay. So there's there's like people that go up to women. They're like, oh, well, rate yourself. <laughs> I'm a ten. They're like, why? Because <laughs> I'm a queen. There's no. There's not actual tangible value. They just automatically like. <laughs> bow down to me because i'm a woman and then they're like okay what would you rate this man oh he's like a four i'm like oh well like little did you know they're well yeah they're going based off looks initially and then then he'll be like well little did you know this guy is like a millionaire oh all of a sudden they want to be all up on him but it's this okay so here's for example i work with a lot of young adults right so naturally i get stories all the time of like oh i d went on a date with this person from tinder right and you have girls that consistently will expect a five-star first date, right? You better be picking me up in a, I'm judging your car. I'm judging where you're taking me. I'm judging which, which to a degree, <laughs> first impressions are a thing, right? Yeah. But to a degree where like, you better treat me like a queen, but you're bringing no value to the table. Mm. That's where I struggle. And I see a lot of like women empowerment. I'm just amazing because I'm amazing. Right. with No tangible evidence to bring to the table. Right. And I'm here to say like you are amazing you are great and i think you're worthy of getting the same rights but not to like you don't get rights by trampling other people's rights or other people well i think that like if you go into a date for instance right with that kind of expectation aren't you kind of looking for the wrong things you're looking for physical things you're looking for material things you're not yeah. necessarily looking at like what is this person's personality like are they trying to make sure i have a good time on this date right so what if they pulled up in a 1990 Toyota Camry <laughs> that barely runs. Do they take me to dinner? Do they pay for the dinner? Do they open my door? Like they listen to me. Do they are listen they, to me? Yeah. Do they make me laugh? Like, are they making sure that I have a good time on this date? Yeah. So like if you, if you're looking at a date, for instance, with, with that perspective, like, Oh man, he picked me up in a crappy car. See, it's not even, even just physical unless they're like super wealthy. <clears throat> I think it comes down to, they want to be treated like, they're the queen of England. And I'm mm. like, you, so like another TikToker I saw, that's why I had to get off TikTok because I was getting too <laughs> angry. And also the things that are on TikTok, I'm like, how do y'all have time to do this? I know, but some some people are so creative. I'm like, oh this yeah, is awesome. I respect those. Like when they really put the, they're not just following trends where they right. really put time into it. One of the TikTokers on there, um, oh man, I lost my train of thought. Um, no, women. Um, TikTok that you had to get off because of? I had to get off. Um, get off of TikTok because of that. Oh man, um, I forgot. There, but there's oh, I remember now. The guy goes, "You're interviewing couples. That's either the thing that you're interviewing women or interviewing couples." And he's ask, he says to the girl, "Hey, um, is your boyfriend loyal?" Oh yeah. Ask the guy, "Is your girlfriend loyal?" He goes, "Yeah, I think so." And then he asks the guy, very jumps back to the girl, "Would you ever cheat on her?" He goes, "Absolutely not." Goes to the girl. She goes, oh, yeah, I will. But I know he's always going to be here. Ooh. And that's what I'm saying. I'm seeing a lot of women. Um, unfortunately, and I might step on some toes saying this, I see a lot of big women celebrities that are like, I'm a baddie. And I don't care what you're going to say to me or do to me or who I trample. I'm a baddie. And that's just that's just it. And so you see this trickle down through these girls who are absorbing all that media. And it's like, I'm always going to be there because he, I'm amazing. And I'm like. You're basically bragging that you could cheat and he'll still be there because you think you're so valuable. Honestly, honey, you're not like you just got a job <laughs> and you can pay your rent. Like, yes, you're valuable. You're made in the image of God. Yes. In that sense. But as far as like what you're bringing to the table, you're not bringing anything. Sure. You got a BBL. Good for you. That doesn't make you a doesn't. What is a BBL? A Brazilian butt lift. 
What? <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, that's okay. That's the thing too. I was just talking about this with my husband. Um, is that you see girls defining their beauty based off of um unrealistic standards so like they're getting their lips bigger they're mm. getting a, a butt lift they're getting a boot like they're getting all these things done that now i'm like either they're not recognizable or like you have these kids who are like 16 who look like they're 30 i'm like guys i've looked <laughs> ugly at 16 what is happening <laughs> it's just it blows my mind it blows my mind we are living in strange <laughs> strange times we are i mean I mean, how much of that is because of the Kardashians? Oh, goodness. Like the butt lifts and the, the lip, in, lip, lip injections and whatnot. Everyone wants to look like, yeah, the hourglass. Yeah, yeah. you're right. That's a Kardashian look. Yeah. I was explaining that to my mom. She's like, what's the Kardashian look? I'm like, oh I was gosh. literally pulling up Google <laughs> images. I'm like, mom, this is, because I. it's funny. Every 10 to 15 years, beauty standards change, right? So you go back to my parents' years and they're, they're what's ever comes after boomers. I don't know what that generation is called, but they're uh, in their the 50s. Uh, Gen X, right? Is it Gen X? Let's look that up. <clears throat> okay, look it up. I'll look it up. That generation has drastically different beauty standards. So, like, they are all about, like, being skinny as a pencil. And I'm like, that's so bizarre to me. Because I'm like, remember, you go back and, like, a lot of those women are like, oh, I feel so fat. I feel so fat. And they'll, like, be so skinny and, like, almost anorexic. And that's what's beautiful. And, like, now my girls want, like, that hourglass figure. Yeah. Um, okay, what is it? Did you look it up? So there are differences in Gen X population numbers depending. Okay, I don't know what this is. Hold on. Are they actually boomers? They can't be boomers. My parents aren't that old. <laughs> okay, so the baby, baby boomer generation mm. was 1946. Here, I'm just going to put it up on the screen. Uh, oh, it's not. Classroom session at David's house. That's right. <laughs> uh, okay. So Wait, so is there a difference between boomer and baby boomer? Maybe I've been saying it wrong. Maybe it's no. just baby boomer. No, it's the baby boomer. Okay. People call them the... The boomers. The boomers. Okay, that's... It's, like, it's almost like an insult. Okay. It's, for some reason, it's not uh. coming up on the screen. All right, so I'll just read it. So the baby boomer generation was born in 1946 and lasted through 1964. And yep, so that's not my parents. So what's after that? So generation mm. generation X. Okay, so Gen, Gen X. X. So nineteen sixty five to nineteen seventy nine. So what comes after that? Is that millennials after that? Millennials. Yeah. So I barely is, make the millennial mark. When were you born? Ninety seven. Really? Yeah. So you're like twenty six. I'm like so, so some twenty six. I will be twenty six. Oh, I was right. So there are some. I'm good at math. Like doctors, I'd be like, <laughs> oh, you're a millennial, and then other studies are like oh you're a white white gen i think that's what it is i definitely identify as a millennial like, gen z gen z gen z it's gen z see i don't yeah same I'm a gen z and then, <laughs> and then gen alpha is 2013 to 2025 uh, yeah that's crazy it we i huh. went on a young adult retreat um last weekend because like i'm directing it and i'm like who in the room is old or born past 2000 it's like 70 percent of it. i'm like oh my gosh and so we're doing like old disney stuff like there was people there that said i never saw a little mermaid i never saw oh aladdin i'm like you were robbed of your childhood like <laughs> what we're going through like the strap bracelets and oh, like yeah. um just like everything from like the early 2000s 90s not a clue for some oh of them i'm like gosh. you're breaking my heart right now <laughs> breaking it that's okay though Oh, and then they're so arguing awesome. about music. Like what we were talking about earlier. They're like, oh no, this person's so good. I'm like, 
or they were like, this is country. I'm like, that's not country. That's like Popco. That's not real like country. Florida Georgia Line or something. Some no, even newer. They're um like the Sam Smith. You know how or not uh, Sam Smith. Um, what's his name? It's um Sam Hunt. Sam Hunt. Yeah. Okay. I'm like they were that's doing pop. something new. I'm like. Yeah, or he does kind of like that spoken word country. I'm like, yeah, that's not real. Yeah. You got to go back to like Blake Shell and Tim McGraw. <laughs> like, come on. And they're, oh my gosh, but it the, was so bad. the generation bad. before us would be like, that's not country. They it's, would, it's not though. It's a pop, it's pop country. It's, it's pop not country. country. Right. It's right. a different, different genre. Or Dan and Shay. Dan and Shay flits and fl- I do like Dan and Shay, but I'm like, I don't know if they're fully country though. Who do you think was the first like pop country artist? Oh, gosh. Was it like Taylor Swift? I feel like when she transitioned into pop, she just transitioned. I don't think she ever did something that was. Sm- I remember Sam what about Hunt, like Miley Cyrus. Oh, you know what? Like boom clap. Yeah, you might be right. She, she might be one of the the OGs. I think she was one of the um, first. Yeah. Let's yeah. Look, let's look that up. <laughs> <laughs> Who oh, was? We're getting real deep today. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Miley Cyrus. Um, who else? Patsy Klein was one of the earliest influential artists of the genre. Who's no, that? that's no. not it. Give me something different. No. Country pop. Uh. Hmm. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah, nothing's really popping up. Interesting. About it. I can think of big people that were influential, and then I saw a lot of other people follow the same trend. I mean, Florida Georgia, Florida, Georgia Line. Yeah. I noticed a um, huge change in uh, country music like around 2013-ish. I was just going to say that. Yeah, yeah, 2013, 2015 was that total switch. Yeah. Um, Luke Bryan was like another one. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So many people hate on Luke Bryan. Like, He's not country. He wears tight pants and sings about <laughs> working on a farm. And he, he's like, pop. That's not country. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's like that dude figured it out. Yeah, I mean, it is a cool genre. I mean, you're reaching two very different demographics and smashing them together. Yeah. You might have a few stragglers that don't like it, but I think it's a pretty ingenious concept to smash both together and yeah. still write, but then they still write regular country songs too and put it all in the same album. Right. I'm like, that's ingenious. It is genius. I used to like Daughtry a lot. And my brother used to okay. say that they were like pop country back in the Daughtry. day, like yeah. back in the day. He would be, he's like, that's like, that's like pop country. See, it's I don't not even, rock. That's not rock. I don't even know mainstream country anymore. I used to really be a country fan. Now it's like, I feel like I'm only listening to country. Like when it's summer, when the windows are down, I'm like country rose. Like (laughs) I'm really into it. Other than that though, I, yeah, it's not really my genre I go to anymore. And it could just be, I'm in a different life season. I don't live in the country anymore. Like I used to. Uh. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I'm like, you can't like Blair country at a Grand Rapids. (laughs) And there's like homeless people. I'm like, no, (laughs) I'm listening like to Michael Jackson, like the man in the mirror. Like I, I gotta uh, yeah. change. <laughs> oh, but that's yeah. such a good song. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's such a good song. There is yeah. this, now you got me thinking. There's this, do you know Corey Kinchin? No, I don't. Okay. L- little, little throw out here. So he um, is a big YouTuber. He's like 15 million subscribers. He does retro horror games. Now, I am not a video game girl and I do not like horror, but you combine games that look like they're made in like the 70s or 80s and it's literally like... It's comedy. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> so like, it's like cringy horror jump scares. And he's like, you know, of course he's there the whole time, but he's got a great personality. So he just keeps it going. It's hilarious. And he <laughs> played this game that was a retro Michael Jackson and so it's like michael jackson but he has like 
jagged teeth and oh he comes gosh. out every time he comes here you hear hee hee I can't so like and it, it picks up on your noise on your mic so he's like not saying a word right and then you like gets closer and all of a sudden you hee 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 and it, like it goes out like what is this oh my gosh <laughs> great kitchen everyone <laughs> that's hilarious it's oh. the internet is so amazing because you, you can literally find anything anything like who would have thought about that like 10 years ago to have a youtube channel where you're just like covering ho old horror things with like michael jackson thrown in the background when Yahoo was revolutionary, like oh my gosh, you got mail. Dial up. That oh, I hated that noise. <laughs> I hated it. It was in my parents' basement. It oh my goodness. That's one thing that's great about TikTok is they cover some of the generational gaps where like young kids don't know about like the dial up noise or they, they don't, don't know. know about some of the different things that were like happened in the nineties. Like oh my word, that was so at this young adult retreat. I was we were going through generational differences. And there were some things, so I, I used to have a Hannah Montana MP3 player, and there was like two girls that are like, what's an MP3 player? <laughs> I'm like, do you know what a CD player is? How about a cassette? Like, what? <laughs> I, I was I was blown away. I mean, if they don't know what an MP3 player, I doubt they know what a cassette they is. They barely remember what an iPod was. I'm like, oh you my are breaking gosh. my heart. What? 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 If you had an iPod back in the day, you were rich. Exactly. <laughs> See, I went from an MP3 player and I begged for an iPod. Yeah, and my parents got me it. an iPod Shuffle. Oh my gosh, that was the worst. That was because you couldn't see anything. This no. was an MP3 player. It had a little screen. Yeah, but I still was like, I got my my iPod Shuffle. It's still an <laughs> Apple. I'm so cool. Um, yeah, it was funny. I got that MP3 player originally from a girl in middle school. She like sold it to me, and she's like, "Don't tell anyone," because my parents got it for me for Christmas. Oh my god! But gosh. I also got like an iPod from like her grandpa or something, and so she like sold it. I was like, "This is like middle school, like selling in the back parking lot, <laughs> like the Hannah Montana MP3 player." Oh man! Oh, that's hilarious. How did you get your music back then? Did you like use LimeWire or LiveWire? Oh, Frostwire? what was it called? Yeah, so that rings a bell. Um, and there was also. Oh gosh, um, Windows or is it Windows Media? It's through the Windows computer. Okay. Um, now it doesn't even exist. I don't of course think. not. Um, and then eventually went transition to iTunes because you could like convert something from YouTube, put yeah. it through iTunes. I don't even know if you can do that anymore. Probably not. Um, a lot of converting from YouTube's because like, yeah, I wouldn't want to so pay it, for it. So was it legal to do it? Oh, that way? probably not. No, probably not. So like the way I would do is I would download. I'd, so we had like, I think it was like LimeWire, I think it was called mm -hmm. LimeWire and FrostWire. Those, those were the two. Okay. And you would have to go find the song yep. and then listen to it to make sure there was no- It was the right, no ads or No anything. ads, nobody talking. <laughs> like you just wanted, you wanted just that. Yes. And then you'd have to download it and it took forever. <laughs> then you'd have to plug in your MP3 player yep. and transfer it over. Oh, oh yeah. Burn or burning. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I feel like this is YouTube Converter. That might be what it's called, where I would download the music videos. And I just remember like watching on the computer like over and over again. I'm like, I'm so cool. I got not the music, but I have the video too. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. There was just oh. back when you had to put so much effort into what you listen to. Mm. Isn't that crazy to think about like where we've come? Like you can literally on your phone, you have an and iPhone. Anything. You can look up any song anything. you want right yeah. now. Well, that's also I think what's kind of like cheap in the music industry. It's, you can find it anywhere. Anyone can make music. And it's now not that costly to do it. Right. If you have the skills. And so it's like, 
now you have to work extra hard to be noticed because anyone can do it. Anyone's a singer. Anyone's a musician. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it's an inflated industry, right? Oh, yeah. It's so difficult. I mean, yeah. you're a musician. You know. Do you put your stuff on, like, YouTube? Like, what is... Do you put it on, like, Spotify, Apple? Yeah, so I am on Spotify and Apple. You Pandora. You can find me there. Share rain, little... Little, little, what is that called? A little, plug. little plug. Um, yeah, so I used to do covers all the time. I actually was reviewing those recently. I'm like, I used to be so good about this. <laughs> it was like every week. I think for a while I did like every a cover every Wednesday or something. Wow. But um, I think for a while I kind of lived in this fantasy of like, I'm going to make it big. I'm going to go off and like be celebrity i was really fanciful for a lot of my teen years <laughs> and so that's probably why i started doing all the covers now it's like i like music i prefer to do it um so like i help lead something called a worship circle back in grand rapids um and it's literally everyone that's in a circle and we're just worshiping it's very communal and that's see, more see my post thing. videos yeah, yeah it's fun you'll you go fun. live sometimes right yes. yeah yeah it's um we'll bring in different musicians and people every week a lot of them come to hillside but other people some people are from like different surrounding churches and, and just some in the community. And um, yeah, it's really fun. But I, um, I think where I lost kind of the desire to really take it seriously was I actually, um, I don't tell a lot of people this, but I got accepted into, um, was it, is American Idol? Yeah, it's American Idol. I always say, is America's Got Talent? It's American Idol. And I, at first I thought it was a scam. I got emailed. Well, at first I got wow. a message to my Instagram because I used to have a music page at the time. And I showed my mom. I'm like, mom, this is a scam. Then I get an email because my email is attached to my Instagram. And it's like, hey, I'm, his name is Luke. can't remember his last name. He was the producer. I don't even know if he's still the producer because this was like five years ago. Um, hey, I, I noticed you. I'm also, I'm a Christian. And I see like you have a really cool voice. Um, I'd like to get you on here, but I'm going to skip you around. And so can you come to Illinois? come to like round two and I'm like this is legit so like I literally hired a musician from New York because I'm like I'm not really a musician but I want it to be nice so I, I flew this guy in he was a phenomenal wow. guitarist and I practiced the three songs and I remember I was there I want to say like three four hours and it is so cutthroat literally you get in there and these, these big security guards are like oh ID God. like they're I'm like I'm intimidated right <laughs> you can't just come walking up there like you got to have your slot you better bring your ID like this is serious and um I'm waiting in line and all the different creatives you got people that are like looking like Beyonce costume like they're trying <laughs> everything and I'm just like I don't know what I'm doing. And I remember I was sitting next to this girl. She's like, oh, is this your first time? This is my 10th time. I'm like, bro, clearly you're not good. This is your 10th time and you can't make it. She's like, how did you get in here? I was like, oh, I don't know. This Luke guy reached out to me. And then she's like, Luke? And then she's like, guys, she like gets like a, more people down our road because we're all waiting in line. Dude, Luke reached out to this girl. They're all like, how did the one of the producers reach out? And to me, I knew nothing. We I grew up not watching TV, so I knew nothing about American Idol. Wow. And they're like, how? And so you did first round. I was like, no, this is my first. They're like, you got to skip around. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. And so then literally what was happening, it was so tragic. As you get closer to the door, like your anxiety builds up because you literally see people walk in. And then like sometimes 30 seconds later, they're coming out crying because if you start and right off the bat, they don't like you, they start clapping. They just start clapping. Thank you. And then you leave. So I'm getting more and more nervous as we get closer. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, this is it. I, and, oh, um, one thing, 
I had a 102 fever. I was so sick. Oh my god! My throat was like raspy, like pink. Like literally, I was like, I could rock it, but I was sick. But I'm like, you know what? This is fun. This is a once in a lifetime thing. So the girl goes to get up. She's like, well, wish me luck. She comes back out 30 seconds later. And she's like mad. She's like, well, I hope you do better than me. So I'm like, I'm probably not going to make, I'm sick. I got to go through the whole song. And I was surprised. I'm like, bro. So I get to the end and the guy, he said, hey, I'm Luke. I'm the one that asked you to come out here. And I was like, yes, you are. And he's like, I can tell you're sick. And the reason why I didn't tell him I was sick was because literally right when I had gotten there, right before I get up to the beefy security, this girl ran out and she's like, mom, because you can't take your parents inside. Only people that are there for a slot call can go in. She runs out as I'm walking in saying, like, I, I told them I was sick. So that way it makes it look like my voice is better than this. Right. So I'm like, they probably get that all the time. So I'm I sure. didn't say it, but you could tell. And so I remember he was like, you're sick. But he was like, you have a lot of talent. Um, we're not going to pass you through just because, like, we couldn't tell the full quality of your voice because you're sick. But he was like, I really want you to audition. Like, I think the next one was, like, New Jersey. I was like, honestly, like... I really appreciate it. I ended up emailing him. We went back and forth and I was like, I really appreciate this opportunity. Um, like, can you give me some like pointers? But I'm like, I just don't want to get, cause like literally I wrote a, you have to sign a contract that if you get passed through so many rounds, they pretty much own you. I want to say it's like three or four years. Wow. So I couldn't release any of my own music. I have to, like, it was, you kind of controlled. And I'm like, yeah, that's the route to go for some people. But for me, I'm like, eh, I'm just kind of chilling right now. Like, yeah. not for me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the TV realm is so cutthroat. It's so cutthroat. Yeah. Um, I reached out to. Do you know who Sadie ba- Bass is? She she's a local country singer. She's from, oh yes, she's yes. from Bath. Yeah. And uh, she made it on I think America yep. American Idol or America's Got Talent. One of those I can't remember. So the cool. one that Blake Shelton's on is that America's Got Talent. Mm, I don't <clears> even <throat> know because I don't watch TV. I think it's America's Got Talent. Okay. And yeah, she made it on that show. And when I reached out to her, she's like, yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't do any interviews. I also reached out to, um, Crazy. uh, what's his face? Uh, he's from DeWitt. He was on Netflix. He had a special on Netflix recently. Um, what's it called? Or what? The, for music? No, no, no. It's, it's, uh, called the Pez, the Pez outlaw. That's what it's called. It's actually a really good documentary. You should watch it. Wait, what is it about? So, you know, the Pez dispensers. No. You know, like Pez, the candy. like. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So this guy, he would he found like some sort of niche where he would go overseas, buy these Pez dispensers that were only distributed oh overseas at the wow. time. And he'd bring them back to, to America and then sell, sell them here. Oh. Became a millionaire. Like No way. A millionaire doing this. And the company Pez. What? So there's two different there's two different industries. There was the one in overseas, and then yeah. there was the one over here in America. So was were theirs cooler or something? They were just different, and and they had better ones. I don't know. And oh my so gosh. the one the one in America refused to sell those ones. Well, they ended up shutting this. They tried shutting this guy down, and so he became like the Pez outlaw. Wow. And so he was still going back and forth to their oh factory over there wow. and sneaking in, and like it was like this whole underground operation. Wow. He lives in Dewitt. Stop it. He has so a, you interviewed him or you No, couldn't? no, no, no. I, I tried. Um, I, I sent him a message and he like, like bounced me off to like a friend who like is handling all his media stuff. And he's like, yeah, he can't do anything because he signed he's a, contract a contract. I mean, with blah, Netflix. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like, I'm sure. I'm like, sure. Whatever. Like TV sucks. I have had, had a friend too, um, who was in the UFC and they had to like get, he had to get a release so he could, UFC. so he oh, could man. do this, do the podcast too. And he's from yeah. Lansing, like the Lansing area. Wait, who is it? 
Uh, Michael Gilmore. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna say it was uh, Daquan. He goes by the Tarantula. Daquan Townsend. Yeah, he was on yeah. our. Yeah, he was on our podcast too. Really? I don't think he's in the UFC anymore. He made it through four rounds, but I think he lost all four of Daqu- them. Uh, yeah, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's unfortunate. It's hard. The it is UFC, hard. UFC because like the like minor leagues leading up is like, oh, I'm I'm kicking butt, and then you get in the UFC. Yeah. Oh, it's it's difficult. It's hard. Yeah, you gotta really train. You. It's a cutthroat industry. Yeah. Yeah, and you almost have to make money in order to be great. Yeah, otherwise you make zero money. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, because you have to do that just, you have to do just that. Yes. Nothing else. (sighs) Yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. It's a hard, it's a, that's a weird thing to want to do, too. Yeah, fight someone. Yeah. Beat up. I love that. For a living. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, come home like, hey, babe, I broke my nose again today, so, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Oh, my word. My, so, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. You go ahead. I was just going to say my landlord is actually trying to get into the UFC. So he was out in Vegas last week for like a week just training. Wow. And like he did like wrestling. Like he's pretty good. But I'm like, dude, your face has got to get mutilated, <laughs> dude. Just, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I had an opportunity last September to train with the, some of the world's top jujitsu no uh, trainers. Wow. And I have a video of me sparring one of them. Oh, no. He's a short Brazilian guy. Yeah. Like, super short. Yeah. And him and his brother, they both own a gym in Chicago. And I was training with him, and he threw me around like a rag doll. Oh, I'm sure. He's, I'm like, sure. flipping around me. And, like, yeah, it was crazy. But it was a cool experience. He That's trains so like cool. He trains, like, all the UFC fighters. Wow. Yeah, it's so cool. It was such a cool experience. How did experience. you get that experience? So I went to this event. It's called Roger Up. And I interviewed... So... Step back. I, I interviewed this guy named Kevin Ross. Okay. Who's a, a Muay Thai champion. He was like six, number six episode ever. Wow. And um, he was on Joe Rogan's <clears throat> podcast. Like okay. he's famous. That's and, cool. And he agreed to do my podcast. Get out. And so the first time I interviewed him, it was terrible. Like a terrible episode. Like it was virtually. No. He was training for his retirement fight. And so like, you could you could almost sense like the like the, the energy like he was aggressive like not aggressive but you could tell he's just like <laughs> tense yeah and w- which rightfully so he's training for a fight yeah and um and and he's a world time like like Muay Thai champion yeah like, yeah like no like it, it was I wow. was so nervous plus I was learning how to podcast yeah at you're the time. six so, episodes in yeah and uh and he was he was just coming off of Joe Rogan's podcast. So, How did you get him? That is dude, crazy. I just, I just reached out. You started messaging everyone. Yeah. And that's what I do when I want to like have somebody on the podcast, podcast. I'm like, hey, I like I like what you're doing. You want to do the podcast? And they're like, they either say yes, no, or they don't respond. And I keep moving forward. Okay. But yeah. that's what you have to do. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he did the podcast. Wow. It lasted like 30 minutes. And then last year he reached back out and was like, hey, I'll do the podcast again. And so he just reached out willy nilly. Just like, yeah, he like commented on one of my videos. That's crazy. So he's following you. I, yeah. Stop it. Yeah. And that's so, cool. and so what was cool about this is like, so we, we scheduled the podcast. We did it. It was good. It was a good podcast. It lasted like an hour or over an hour. Or yeah. Whatever. And, uh, he told me about this event he was going to be speaking at in Chicago. And so I'm like, tell me about this event. Like who's, yeah. ho- who's hosting this event. And he told me about this guy who's hosting it. And I'm like, well, send me his contact information. I'll, in- I'll interview him too. Right. To help him promote the event. So I interviewed him. Oh my he gave word. me a discount to go to this event called wow. Roger Up. It's like this weekend of like just um, 
like self like, like learning like how to be more disciplined and yeah. like they had navy seal speaking like you, you, so cool. you got to train with navy seals in the morning so cool which was so cool but scary um, at the same time <laughs> it wasn't though like really it, yeah my wife went to and she was like nervous she's like i don't like these kind of things wow um but were they super like nice and tender they were nice yeah they were very yeah. nice and um so yeah it was a real like like friendly environment it, you you wouldn't think it would be crazy but, but it was oh yeah and you so, feel really safe now that i think about it so and then like at the hotel the event was at the hotel and then right across the street is a mall and they had a ufc gym in the mall oh my gosh and so wow. the brazilian guys were would train us in the evening yeah yeah so, yeah. so we'd wake up at like five o'clock in the morning oh. train with the navy seals sit through classes wow. all day long and then at like i think it was like six or seven at night we'd yeah. go train at the ufc gym that is and, so much fun. And we got wow. to, yeah, we got to learn jujitsu with some of the world top, like some of the top world class trainers. What an opportunity. Such That's an opportunity. crazy. Yeah, it was so cool. And uh, I got to meet Kevin Ross. He was there. That's and so cool. Yeah, I have a picture of, of <laughs> with him. Like, I'm like so happy. Look at you rubbing shoulders with big people. I That's know, cool. I know, such. And then like, so I, I ended up running into him when he was leaving. We were going to lunch mm. in, in the elevator. And at the hotel. Oh, my word. And so we're talking in the elevator and then um, we're getting ready to like part ways. And he gives me like a great big hug. What? And my wife's like, how awesome is that? I'm like, that's so cool. That's so cool. So cool. His uh, his fiance is also uh, Gina Corona. Do you know who she is? I do not. She's uh, like an actress. Okay. Um, She's also a movie tie fighter, too. But okay. Yeah. So crazy. Wow. So now him and I are friends. I have his number. I can text him. Stop it. Yeah, so cool. See, God's got cool plans for you. I'm excited yeah. to see. You're doing cool stuff. What was really cool, though, about, like, all these experiences. I shared all these experiences that I've had with a, a ninth grade classroom the other day. That's right. Yeah. And it was it was so cool to, like, see these kids as I'm sharing these different experiences that I've had. I showed them pictures. We're excited. And they were like, they're like wow. That's like, cool. Yeah. That, wow. It's so cool. It's so cool to be able to share those experiences. Wait, sorry. You've got to... I remember you had mentioned this when you got to go speak. Are you teaching them how to do podcasting too? Or So I didn't really know like what to expect. The lady just invited me and she's like, um, yeah, I just want you to talk about podcasting and your business, like how to make money. Mm. She kind of sent me like a form, like like a format that they f- try to follow and some questions that the kids will typically ask. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I wrote out like a speech of like how I wanted to form formulate the con- or the the speech, whatever. And I put together a little slideshow of pictures and of different experiences I've had yeah. doing the podcast and whatnot. And um, I didn't really know what to expect. I like I was like at first I started following my notes and I'm like I don't I don't know. And then it just kind of it flowed. Like yeah, I just started talking organic, about the yeah. podcast. I was able to kind of teach like about some of the equipment I brought my setup. Mm, yeah. So that's cool. I brought some microphones in the, the mixer. Aww. And so they, they were, can sit down and try they, it out. Yeah. They were able to ah! put the headphones on talking the microphones. So cool. Um, it was such a cool experience Aww. for them. Yeah. And then it just like, they, they started asking me about, like I told them like how I got into the podcasting game, like why I wanted to do it. And it was to share my personal story. Yeah. And then that just kind of led them into like asking me all these personal questions yeah. about my personal story. And th- they seemed more interested in my personal story mm. than they did about the podcast. And I'm like, that's so cool. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool though. I, love I that. mean, they were super interested in the podcast too, but yeah. but like they were like, can you explain your story more? And yeah. I'm like, yeah. Well, were there a lot of kids there that were 
that had been through the system maybe or I don't think so I asked it like because okay. um it was at Sexton High School okay. they were ninth graders and uh I asked them like do you guys know anybody who's been in foster care or uh like have any of you been in foster care and people have like raised their hands like my mom was in foster care my mom was oh, adopted okay. or you know whatever but um yeah so you know people people or they they realize I should not realize they they know people that you know, went through some of those experiences, okay. but mm. yeah, I don't know. It, it was kind of cool because it opened up for discussion to like talk about like vulnerable things with yeah. them. Like they were like, you know, my mom doesn't have a relationship with my dad or with uh, her dad rather because he was abusive or yeah. and whatnot. So, wow. Yeah. It was such a cool experience. And then made me realize that like, it's, it's, it's important to share your story. Yes, it is. Um, you know, and that's why I started the podcast. And it's easy to lose that, to lose yeah. why you started something. Yeah. But then, like, doing something like that it makes you realize, like, this is important. And so it kind of gave, it gave yeah. me a new fire. And it gave me, like, a, a, mm. a purpose to continue doing what I'm doing to create, like, greater education around, like, like podcasting. Because there's yeah. there's nothing like that in Lansing. Mm. Like, yeah. like, I remember when I started this podcast, I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know, like, what I was going to do. You've come a long way, man. I know, right? <laughs> and, but it's like, I need to share that with other people yeah. because, like, and, like, that goes back to talking about, um, you know, like, like, you know, we talk about, like, the community and how people, you know, are, like, they want to be better than other people. But it's like, you, yeah. you're not better than other people. You, you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with. True. And if True. you can help elevate a community and you can help elevate a field that you're in, then you should. Yeah. And then and empower what, other people. Like right. you should be driven to not just your success, but the success of everyone or else around you. So like even right. me being a photographer, when I lived in Lansing, I had a few people that shadowed me. And when I said yes, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Their response, they were in awe because they had already talked to maybe 10 other photographers that are like, yeah, I'm not showing you my secrets. And I'm like, mm, that's so sad. I want you sad. to be successful. Yeah. yeah. Like we're all trying to make a living and impact the world absolutely what it, it's it's like a phantom mentality like like what is that person are those kids going to steal like clients from you like what what is going to happen yeah it's sad it's either people like you or they don't and and if they don't like you maybe you should find a way that for people to like you yes <laughs> you know you just work harder and it's crazy because like <laughs> you get this you see people that do that and I think they really think like, Oh, I'm top gun. I'm the, but honestly, the people who are most noticed, most liked are those that do just share their wealth of knowledge that right. shared their testimony. Um, I always say this with um, my young adults who are almost like timid at first to share like their story or what they've been through or say like deconstructing their faith. I'm like, well, the Bible always says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Like there's something with sharing our testimony, our story that then someone else hears and go, oh my gosh, not only did you have the courage to share it and like even like you didn't share just the nice parts, you shared the valley, like difficult moments. And it's also, it's encouraging, like, ah, me too. Yes, I'm not the only crazy person out here who's been through this or I've struggled to make my business up or whatever that looks like. It's just such an encourager. Um, And I think often we get in our heads and we believe the lie that's like, shh, don't tell your story. No one, nobody cares. Yeah, or feel that shame or your guilt or whatever that looks like. And really it's empowering and it can just, it can change people's lives. Well, I mean, you get hard people who, who like will say, well, they're, they just want attention. Right. Or yeah. that they just want to be a victim. And there is and people like, that do that for sure. There are definitely there are for sure. I've had people tell me that before. Yeah. Like I, I had a guy tell me, um, one day at work, he was like, Hey man, I hear you have a podcast. I'm like, yeah. And I, 
He was, he was like, well, maybe someday I can come on the podcast. I'm like, yeah, man, absolutely. And I know he's been through some stuff. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that'd be cool. And then he was like, maybe I can cry about my stuff too. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's not what people are doing. People, oh. are, people are like just telling their stories of like things that they've been through and how they overcame and became better. But Has all right. he even listened to your podcast? Probably not. Yeah, probably, no, not. probably just, not. I just heard about it. <laughs> great find. Okay, cool. Yeah, so it's like, you know, you get people who will, you know, obviously hate on you and they'll They'll make comments like that, but just got to keep going. Dish them what they're serving you. Like, you you know what, man? Oh my gosh. Yes. We just, we get vulnerable. We just sob. (laughs) Kumbaya. Just, just, yeah. Just really make them uncomfortable. That's what I, that's what I do. I mean, it's not rude. I'm like, I laugh. I'll give them a hug, whatever. But it's like, what? It shows me for you. If someone wants to hurt people or stab at others, it's because they're inwardly hurting themselves. And so it's like, what happened to you? Like, right, why do you feel like right. you have to be an emotional bully? Like, I feel sorry for you, honestly. <laughs> I just turned the table. It's fun. So, it's okay. And then I'm like, can I pray for you? Let me give you a hug. I love you. They're like, what? This girl just did me a number. What did she just do? <laughs> <laughs> I had a guy on the podcast last last weekend. Um, actually, I think you know him. Uh, he lives that? in Grand Rapids. His name's Taylor. And uh, he, What's his last name? <laughs> Vitaly. Oh yeah, I was. Gonna, I'm gonna do his photos. He's yeah. like he does, uh, like powerlifting or um. He's in. He's like he he did a whole weight loss transformation. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So he was on the podcast last week. He no came way. here. Yeah, he was here. Okay. And uh, my brother met him at a because my brother lives in Grand Rapids and uh, he yeah. came in to buy a car for my brother. My brother's like he's telling my brother his story. Wait, is that the one I met last time? Oh, uh, well, that was here helping you. No, no. Oh, no. different brother. Different okay. brother. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, my this this brother um. He lives in Grand Rapids and he works at a car dealership and okay. Taylor came in to buy a car from him Yeah, and uh, they met, they, he was, he was telling my, my brother was telling him about the podcast. He's like, my, I think my brother would like to talk to you. And so we scheduled the podcast. Nice. And so um, he was, Taylor was talking about how when he was, he was in a, like a gas station and some lady just started freaking out on him. And he's like, I just stay, stayed calm and was like, I hope you have a good day. Yeah. <laughs> and the lady got even more mad. And it's like, that's what you need to do. Yeah. You just need to. Kill not him with kindness. I, yeah, I mean, care. a kind word really does turn away wrath because, you, again, you don't know what that person's going through, why they're all wound up. And sometimes just be like, hey, I notice you. You're working. You're doing great. It's like, yeah. oh, my gosh, I needed that. Right. And they all they always say, um, what is it? It's like bullies only tease on people that give them the response they're looking for. So, like, if someone's bullying me, like, trying to take my jacket, like, oh, here, you can have it. You want my lunch, too? Then, like, well, you're no fun. I'm not going to bully you. No, I don't want your lunch. Yeah, What's right. Don't give you? it to me. I want to take it from you. So, yeah. And, yeah, it's just psychology, right? <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's – and that's the thing, too. I think a lot of people are afraid, like, especially when it comes to sharing your story. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are afraid of criticism. And that's one thing I was afraid of when I first started the podcast because, mm. you know, like, I started – with my with my story yeah and i was afraid what of what other people would say like like you know do they think he's dumb do they like wait podcast number one was that you just solo dolo or were you no nope. with someone else i was with my brother michael um okay he's my full brother we were sharing our is that the one i met no i think you <laughs> met joseph okay was he blonde yes yes that was joey okay um yeah he still helps me every now and then oh okay but um 
Yeah. So you met, or that was my brother, Michael. We shared our, our stories of growing up before foster care and then okay. what life was like going into foster care. Wow. Okay. And then the second episode was me sharing, just me sharing my story wow. um, of like after foster, or like living in foster care, growing yeah. up and then getting adopted. Well, it sets the course whatever. for your podcast. I think that was wise. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, when I released that, I was scared. I'm like, I don't, mm. I don't know what my coworkers are going to say. Like, you wow. know, people are going to watch it. Yeah. And so, um, it's a huge fear factor and, and a lot of people have that same fear factor. Wow. Yeah. I hold oh, the fear factor. You just like almost triggered me. So I <laughs> literally just recently, we have a, um, like a newsletter that we do at the church I work for. And, um, the person that writes it heard that I had been through divorce and I was adopted. He knew I had a story. And so he sits down with me and he's like, if you're comfortable, I really want to like put together an article with your quotes and everything in it. And there's some people that have been through divorce, but for the most part, I was pretty quiet about it the first like eight months or more. Um, only very select people knew about it. Partly, I think there was a shame, but the other part of me was I didn't really want to ruin the reputation of my ex-husband. And so I was just very quiet about it. And um, yeah, he sits down with me and he writes it. And part of me, like he wasn't writing much. So I'm like, oh, it's going to be like a really like basic article. And then it comes out and it, it gets sent to everyone's emails that <laughs> go to the church. And there's Oof. like 1600 people in our system. Oh my gosh. And I kind of panic because then I'm reading the article and it's like, Shamber, this is what happened. And she fled her excess. And I'm like, uh -oh. <laughs> okay and like i work it's not even just like that's my church i work for this church which my boss knows all these things but there's a part of me that's like wow i can't even go, like my story's out and um such fear but then again i've had people come up to me and be like thank you so much for sharing yeah. your story i've had actually i'm i'm spider webbing here um before i got remarried to my childhood sweetheart that's a whole other story um i actually did a post that was going through the red flags of why you shouldn't be with someone like if you feel this way if this is what's happening or, or whatever do not marry that person and i was really scared to post it because that was literally the day before i was getting remarried and oh so i'm gosh. like wow am i killing the killing the vibe here but i'm like you know i feel really called to do this and um you never know who else needs to hear it i had 10 girls reach out to me um say like thank you for having the courage i will would never be able to post these things two of them literally called off their their wedding whoa yes and so i'm like wow it's so amazing like the fear that you can be held in but really like when you just release it how many people are like i've been waiting to get yeah. that answer of it's okay i can let this go or i can right. walk away or i can do this whatever that looks like yeah i mean a um, lot of people do things because of the shame like they don't yes. like especially getting married right like they don't want to they've, they've scheduled this thing <clears throat> They've paid a so lot much of money. Pressure. There's a lot of pressure. A lot of people are going to be there and a lot of people are going to be disappointed. Yeah. And they're afraid of what other people might think. And so they just, I just need to go with it. Just need to do it. It was funny. So like when my first marriage, I actually, I was like shaky. I cried. I was crying. I kicked all my bridesmaids out and my mom is like, you okay? And I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. I was, I really did not. And I remember thinking like, there's like 500 people sitting out. Like I got to go through with this. And my mom was like, we could just have a big party. And I ultimately, I ended up just going through with it. But there's a part of me that that's like, that's my wisdom to give to people who are like, I already invite all these people, this and that. I'm like, okay, just have a party. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It, it's okay because ultimately you're the only person that's going to lay down on your head, on that pillow right next to the other person. You're the only person that has those alone moments. Like you have to make this decision for you, not for the, the your guests you invited, not because right. your parents, your friends think yep. they're cute you are the person that's responsible for this. So, um, 
Yeah. And so, just like, sorry, go no, ahead. No, you're good. So my question is, did, did you have, uh, when you got married the first time, obviously mm-hmm. you had some of those doubts, Yeah. but when you got married the second time, what was that like? Oh, zero, 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 doubts. zero reservations. So Ramon, um, I've known him since I was six. Um, so we have so much in common. We were both adopted. Wow. We've both been through neglect and sexual abuse. And there was a lot of similarities. Um, his family literally lives like a thousand feet down the road from my family. Oh so my we gosh. were neighbors. We did vacations <laughs> together. Wow. We did church. We did school. We did everything together. And so um, his sister was actually in my first wedding. So oh that's gosh. how close <laughs> we were to each other. I We like us kids call each other's parents, aunts and uncles. And so- um, You married your cousin? No, well, we're not really, we're not really, we just would always, we just did because we were close. I'm kidding. I know, I can't even say that. I'm like, I have to stop saying Aunt Tammy and Uncle Joel because that's just really weird. Um, so yeah, it's, so like even going into that, let me backtrack. Originally when I moved up to Grand Rapids, I told my mom and I told my boss, I am going to be single for a couple of years. I am just, I really want to focus on myself. I guess I'm healing and um, yeah, I just, I'm in a really good place. And I got reconnected through, oh, this is a funny story. I got reconnected to Ramon because with moving out to Grand Rapids, I had made like a friendship profile to to meet people because I knew no one. So a like Bumble, profile. yeah, so Bumble has this feature where it's dating uh, friends or business. So uh. you can find friends on there. I met a few girls. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really cool. It's successful. So I say, I'm going to copy and paste this profile and I'm going to put it on Tinder. Oh my okay. gosh. <laughs> yeah. Really bad, bad move. So I go, I literally, I do this. I'm like, I feel so good about myself. Like I wait hours. Cause I'm like, whatever I come back. There's 2000 plus like swipes and messages or however Tinder works. I'm like, Oh my God. And you get guys from people or messages from guys that said, I'll be your friend, like quotations. I'm oh, like, this is God. not, Oh, this is not working. So then I come back to Lansing and Tinder tracks your, like where you're at. And so it was picking up on guys within 15 mile radius and Ramon was in Holt. So I'm in Lansing. I'm showing my brother, dude, look at all these guys. I'm deleting this app and I'm scrolling and there is Ramon. I'm like, oh my gosh, no way it's Ramon. <laughs> and I hadn't seen him in a couple years because he had like moved out. He had been dating another person. My brother's like, go out for dinner. So long story short, we went out for dinner just purely as like, that's my old next door neighbor friend. And we used to do everything together. I remember walking in and I was like, oh, he is really handsome. <laughs> and, uh, but there were some things I didn't know. Cause like he kind of had a rebellious phase. And so I was like, I don't really know where he's at. Turns out like his whole life was turned around and yeah, it was like the next day I was like, do you want to hang out again? And then like the weekend after he's like, I think I can marry you. And I'm like, wow. oh my gosh, <laughs> uh, but you can't even hide anything. So he was an exception. I'm like, you're the exception, babe, because I was going to be single for a long time. But like I had the intimacy with all his family. Like I knew them. Right, so, right. um, yeah, but I had going back to your original question. I had zero reservation. Now the first two months, total fear. Um, I think I had some PTSD and I made him meet up with my boss, who's the associate pastor. And I just said, look, I'm not being, I'm not being Jewed over again. I really. <laughs> are you allowed to say that? I am a Jew. You realize that's my ethnicity. So I really can You say are that. Jewish? I am. I'm 51% so Ashkenazi Jew. <laughs> <laughs> Says the 23andMe test. <laughs> so yes, I can say that. And I can all go, I can make racial jokes because technically I am black and I am white. So it's really fun. I mess with people all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So you were Jude over. I was, yes. I don't know if I can say that. I don't think I can say uh, that. It's okay. You can say to me, I'm a Jew. I won't be offended. Okay. But maybe on the talk, you can whisper it. (laughs) (laughs) So, no, I was, I was really scared um, that he would make promises or um, say things to, um, that I guess were just lies. Right. And so I was scared of that. I was scared of some, of being abused again because I had gone through some physical abuse. And so, um, my boss met with him and he was like, Shamer, we both would have to die before we realized he was lying. Like he is totally being honest. He's super humble. And, um, basically when he told me like, I think I could marry you. I said, I'm not ready to say that. And so it took me some time. He just said, get your healing that you need. I'm just not going, I'm not going to go anywhere. Like I am willing to be patient and pursue. Um, so then after that whole two months, I just had such peace, like laid back sort of peace where it's like, I'm not even questioning versus my first marriage. We were breaking up every three to six months. Oof. I was breaking up. I had zero peace. It was five days before our wedding that I broke down crying. I don't want to do this, but I ended up doing it anyway. So with Ramon, literally, it was like just so much peace. Like, let's do this. We got engaged New Year's Eve and we're, and then we got married January 13th. So oh exactly gosh. two weeks. We did a <laughs> micro wedding. And um, yeah, I'm like, why not? I don't why not let's let's do this so yeah yeah. awesome that's so awesome I'm I'm happy for you thank you I know Sarah Pierce was on uh I think it was like in October yeah near near then and we were talking about you Ah! I'm like how's Shamber doing because I know you guys are friends and I'm like how's Shamber doing she's like you know Shamber's like Ah! she's off doing her own thing but she's like I'm so happy for her she's she's happy now and I know that, you know, I, I didn't know your story then. Um, I still don't really know too much that happened, but, yeah. but I know that like following you on social media, I could see like some of the incremental changes you were making. Like all of a sudden you were selling your house and I'm like, I wonder if her and her husband are together. Yeah. And so clearly you weren't, you were moving yeah. to Grand Rapids and you're, you started doing other stuff. And I'm like, like, what is going on with Shamber? Yeah. But then, you know, Sarah's like, she's really happy and I'm really happy for her. And I'm like, that, that's awesome. Because you're an awesome person. Like, Ah. you deserve to be happy. Sarah, shout out to Sarah Pierce. Um, She honestly got me through a lot of it because originally I had been training her in her house. I was going and then we, it went from training to like, oh, we're just sitting down to have coffee for three hours. I'm like, Sarah, I'm supposed to be training. You're just like, not today. Um, And it shifted into, she was very discerning and saw, you know, I was really melancholy, which is not my personality. I was losing weight rapidly. I was... um, really anxious and she just started being like yeah I think something's really off here and so she starts asking very pivotal questions I ended up kind of walking through what was going on in my marriage and she's like oh you need to separate and I did not have the courage to do that initially and so I still waited I think it was another month or two until I actually separated um but she like literally like showed up at the house to like meet with my ex-husband and like so I didn't have to be like she was there she made sure like you have food because like there was a season like I could barely pay my bills and everything just due to the situation that I was left in. And so she was really there for me. And, um, yeah, I just feel really honored to know her. It's just crazy. Even like how our friendship began. I'm like, man, God is so good. Like, that's just so crazy. But Sarah is one of the most genuine people. She's cool. Ever. Super cool. Like, super cool. I love Sarah. I don't, I don't even, I don't even know her that, that well, <laughs> like other than like doing the podcast with her yeah. a couple times. And then, um, like whenever I've seen her at, events or whatever oh she'd give you the shirt off her back oh yeah absolutely 
Yeah, she does, and she does great things for the community. Yes. So. Yes. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about before we wrap this up? I don't know. Let's just wrap this up, man. We, we, right. We've covered everything from Kim Kardashian <laughs> to just everything. Oh, being kidnapped or almost abducted. Be, yep. Yeah, being abducted. Yep. Good I'm so. glad you weren't abducted. That's a scary, scary thing. It was thing. scary. It and, was scary. Oh, my gosh. That is... <laughs> I couldn't even imagine. Oh, gosh. Yeah. No. All right, Shamber. Well, thanks for doing this. It was fun to catch up. And yeah. uh, next time you're in town, let me know. We'll do uh, it again. Yeah, we'll do it again. Awesome. All right, <laughs> thanks. Thanks.